Welcome back, listeners, to Learning from Friends. My name is Kate Curtis, your tour guide on this lovely adventure, and I look forward to being able to share this experience with you today. For those that are the first time here with us, welcome. Glad to have you. You've chose a great episode to jump in on here. For those that are back, glad to have you. Continue coming back and checking out some of our episodes to it. And as those that are familiar, I've been coming in and listening off and on with us here. I do my mom's quote of the day to start the podcast. Mom, take it away. Today's quote is from Lori Fay. Butterflies can't see their wings. They can't see how truly beautiful they are, but others can. People are like that too. Thanks, Mom. Great quote, as usual, getting us starting off to a, a good tempo for the episode. So with today's topic, as we jump in here, I'm excited because of I just got starting into doing this less than a year ago, and I'm excited to sit down with my friend Kalavi talking about role-playing. I just got into a D&D campaign as a, as a basic level, and we are going through it. I'm learning all this different lingo, learning all this different stuff as we're going along. And today, Kalavi is going to give us a very good background knowledge for those that have no clue kind of what's going on uh, within this world of role-playing and Dungeons and & Dragons. And for those that have, per se, been going through for a while and just tuned into the episode because you saw the title here, I hope we serve you justice on doing so. Kalavi, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much, Cade. So, Kalavi, how do we know each other? Well, I just happen to be, um, I happen to be your best friend's husband. So, I mean, I, in, a, in a way, I, I had to stop myself from calling you my brother-in-law, but it almost, it, it, it may as well be the case, right? <laughs> you know, it really should be because Garris and I have known each other since literally since birth. Parents taught with each other. And so, yeah, it, you know, a brother-in-law makes logical sense to me. I think that's, that's fair because your family, you're born with one family by blood, but the other one you choose. So I think that's a fair judgment. Exactly. I feel honored that we could share that moment there. I feel like it was a, a good bonding <laughs> moment there. With, with that kind of in mind here, there's like probably about two to 5% that know who you are. Can you give us like a background of who is Kalavi? What would be on your Wikipedia page if someone or I wrote it and knew a little bit about you or say Garrison sat down and wrote it? What would What would it look like? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I guess it depends on how much we want to dive in. Do we want like my whole life story here or something or just, uh, you know, just highlights here and there? Let's go with like the little introductory section where it's like a summary kind of like overview kind of deal. Cool. All right. Well, let's see. I'm about, uh, well, you know, I'm about 30 something right now. I managed to land myself in Des Moines, Iowa, of all places, to settle down. Um, been here almost a decade, and I can't believe it. Um, but it's a nice little place to be. Um, and what else should what else would you know on my Wikipedia? Um, I'm generally I, I went to school for music. Um, I'm uh, very much I'm still a bassoonist primarily, but I do a whole bunch of I'm all over the woodwind world to be quite honest. Um, I'm super involved in the church music, the church world as well, which of course naturally is the church music world for me too. Uh, it's not unusual to hear me playing or singing in some ensemble or by myself. If you uh, come to my church on a Sunday evening or, or Sunday morning, excuse me, um, or, you know, any other time, um, I also find myself in, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like an artisanal handy 
I like doing a bunch of baking. I do a bunch of other craft type stuff too. Like um, soap making is something I've been doing since ever since the plague started. Dude, your soaps are awesome, by the way. I definitely need to like get back into, I need to purchase some from you again. <laughs> well, thanks. I actually need to make some more. It's been, it's been a little while since I've even touched it. So um, not for really anything other than just, um, I have, it hasn't crossed my mind. It stays in the basement, you know, so my cat doesn't get into it and I forget about it sometimes. As long as your cat's not actually like eating it, then I think we're pretty good. good... <laughs> yeah. You now have what? Three cats, two cats. There's, there's... Uh, just the one, actually. Just, just the one. The one. I, my brain keeps spacing between. We've got so many friends that have cats, and it's just like Chris has three. I've got two, and it's just it's all the rotation here of, of cat dads that is just trying to trying to keep up with them all. I think that's a very important thing to have yep. on your page too. Your cat dad, very important. Yep, yep. I'd agree with that too. Yeah, and I know that I forgot to mention this at the beginning, so that's why I'm saying it now. Thank you, Zoom, for having like we can do this kind of stuff. Because if you're in Des Moines, I'm sitting down in my basement and recording. This is actually the first time I've ever recorded in my basement. Usually I'm sitting up at my kitchen table. So this is definitely different for me. So thank you, Zoom, and for being able to connect Des Moines, Iowa to Canton, Georgia. So huzzah. Give us a sponsorship. <laughs> Come on. I need some donation from Zoom to kind of promote that out here. So <laughs> I'll, hey, I'll take it Whatever at the end of the day. So going into this whole world of role-playing, this is a totally interesting realm that's been around for a while, for decades. And it kind of, I started yeah. to think like it got a really big resurgence with Dungeons and Dragons, but definitely with Stranger Things. I think that boosted a lot more people out there. But also before that, you saw a lot of movies were starting to represent that were from the 80s and 90s, were always having the, the little cult classic kind of following the background. And I really overall think that now, especially when COVID hit, or as you know, the plague, as we're going to call it, it, I feel like that boosted up it as well of, of the kind of that role-playing kind of atmosphere for it. There is so many misconceptions about role-playing. And for most of you, get your mind out of the gutters. I'm going to go and say that right now. This is not <laughs> that kind of podcast. <laughs> so this is not sexual. So no, stop it. Get your mind out of the gutter. It isn't weird until you make it weird after all, right? This is true. So clear up some misconceptions for me about role-playing in general. All right. Well, of course, the first one that always comes to my mind when we talk about things like role-playing, Dungeons and & Dragons and everything is, of course, like the satanic panic comes straight to my mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you one thing right off the top of the bat here. It's like, if you think we're here in some kind of like conspiracy to summon um, Satan into the land or something like that, I mean, you'd better just keep <laughs> you'd better just keep in mind that half of us um, are double checking ourselves um, half the time on like what two plus two is um, in the middle of a game or can't even keep track. I have so much trouble keeping track of like just basic numbers and other things like that. If we're having trouble with that, how on earth are we going to do something like that, even if we wanted to, which we don't, for the most part? That is very, very true. The numbers, oh my gosh, trying to keep up with all that. Thank you for what's the app? Dungeon or Beyond? D &D oh, D&D Beyond. Beyond, yeah. Thank you for keeping up with all the numbers for me. That If it wasn't for that, gosh, that'd be chaotic. And it's not like a dungeon, like being trapped down in someone's basement and not being able to leave out here. We're not you know, doing anything extremely bad to you minus 
having to use your mind a lot and being creative. So exactly. definitely goes a long way with that. It doesn't come with a satanic Bible inside every single book that you, that you get it. It doesn't. So just for those that are thinking that, sorry, not, not here. Nope. And then of course, of course, the other thing too is like, <laughs> it's like, you think we're here summoning Satan. Oh, come on. We're just trying to get, we're just trying to get the person playing the bar to stop trying to seduce the dragon. <laughs> oh gosh, that's true. There may be some demons that we're killing along the way, but yeah, actually. But... So that's a true statement, but we're not trying to like bring them into real life. We're trying to bring them into the game, which, which we'll get into a lot of those terms here in a little bit, but there's a lot of vocabulary that I will say took me a while to pick up on and get used to. Is there any jargon that you're going to potentially use throughout the episode that you want to just go ahead and throw out there just to give someone a background as they continue to listen to go, okay, here's something yeah. that we're just going to, want to introduce. We're not going to repeat it again of how to define it. So yeah, yeah. what do we got? There's going to be a few that are probably that I'm probably going to not think about on the top of the top end here. So I'll have to define as we go along. But I mean, as far as like general terms that I'll probably be saying a lot, um, if I say like DM or GM, that's Dungeon Master or Game Master, I think there's some sort of copyright difference between the two. I'm not even sure what it is, but in any case, they're functionally the same thing or some uh, some game systems will say storyteller. But my preferred term for the most part is DM. And that's just the dungeon master that's just the per that's basically the person who's moderating the whole game like they're playing um they're filling in the role of any non-player characters that like the players are all encountering or they take the role of um the any monsters or any um enemies that uh, the uh, player char characters might be facing off against um they're basically making the they're they're the ones who make the game world run so that's a dm um, if I say PC at all or what have you, what I mean by that is player character, you know, just literally the character that the player has created and is controlling in the game. If I say anything like, say, Natural 20, this will probably come up. So this uh, Dungeons & Gat Dragons is primarily based on it using a 20-sided die. Uh, a D20 is, a, is uh, what we call a 20-sided die. Um, if I say Natural 20, it means you rolled the dice and it came up on a 20. And that's... Uh, that's the maximum roll, so that's a very good thing. Conversely, nat, nat one, natural one, that's uh, the lowest roll you can get. And usually that's associated with something bad happening since it's the lowest result you can get. Um, Kate, is there anything else you think of I should um, address right off? Or? Right off the bat, I think that hits it pretty well. Uh, just in general, using those little terms that, do, that are going to come up. I'm sure as we'll go along, if there's something that's there, I'll go, hey, what is that again? Or what is this? It, but I think we'll be pretty fine because I'm very, very minimally basic on the knowledge. So I'm sure if something comes there, I'll, I'll stop us to make sure. sure. And I don't think we're going to get too far into the nuts and bolts of the actual game uh, of any of the actual games, actually, um, while we're while we're having our conversation. But you never know if it comes up. I'll talk about it. True. And that's, again, learning from friends. That's mm -hmm. the whole point here. We're, we're not this is not the master's level of going into it that we're trying to attract everyone within the D&D world and stuff like that is it's just a basic over overview for the casual fan. Like my mom and dad are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I have no idea what's happening, but you know what? I'm going to listen because that's my parents are awesome. <laughs> I love mom and dad. Hey mom. Hey dad. How you doing? Thanks for listening. But so that that's a dive into here real quick on what defines role-playing games. Well, this is going to sound real facile, but I think what defines a role-playing game is the fact that it's a game that relies on role-playing. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> 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 but 
but just to get into just, just to get into that oh, a little bit it. more. So when I say role, when we're take, when we're talking about role playing here, we're ba- we're talking about getting outside of your own outside of your own head, your own experience, your own knowledge, and everything, and um, experiencing kind of a sto- like it's it honestly it's a bit it's a long it's a big like collaborative storytelling game in my view. Like you you and your dungeon master and your party have all come together, and you have kind of a world that you've agreed on playing in, and uh, um and the rules are kind of like your agree agreements on the rule on how. The world works and then from there you're just making a character basically like it could be an avatar of yourself or it could just be you know just something else entirely like in a role that you want to play like say on the stage or what have you but you're just playing it at a table with your friends or you know online with your friends that's uh that's basically all it is i think like um that's that's role playing like you're getting outside of yourself you're look getting yourself into new perspectives you're using your imagination to explore a whole bunch of other things that you wouldn't ever be able to do in real life. That's a good point. You're using your mind to be creative here. And that's one thing that at the end of the day, that getting into it, you really have to think and you have to put yourself out there and to try all these different things and all these different thought processes. And with that, what you say and what you do will affect how the game goes forward, whether it's going in a positive direction, a negative direction, what you say leads on it. It's not like an A, B, C, you know, kind of like this is the step process to have to get through it. There's a wide variety of ways. Like choose your own way yep. through books. Yep. Love those. Yep. Back in the and day. it's just like we say in character actions and character consequences, just like in real life, um, if you decide to punch the barkeep in the face, you should expect the barkeep to uh, scream at you and maybe and throw you out, you know? Things just things still follow logic. You just got to keep going with it. True. Well played. Are there different types of genres kind of within role playing, or is this kind of just a general catch all? I'd say that yes and no. I mean, as far as like the actual concept of role play itself and everything, I think it's pretty basic across the board. Um, what you're doing, although some games might, some games or some even like some. Either some game systems or just some games run by different groups might have emphasis on different things. Like some groups might be more on the storytelling. Other groups might just want to get together and um, charge through a dungeon and uh, kill a dragon at the end. But as far as any like genres go or anything, it's it's kind of limited only by the imagination of the people playing it. There are, I mean, of course, the, the most famous one I'd say, like Dungeons and Dragons, of course, is kind of that that medieval-ish high fantasy sort of thing like that lord of the rings type world and everything um you have you have other things out there though like there have been adaptations of the game for like say a star wars setting or there's also um um there's a there's a companion game sort of to D called i mean pathfinder um the same the same company paizo also produces a game like called starfinder which is about the same like it's the idea like i'm uh, a disclaimer here i'm not i'm not overly familiar with starfinder itself but um it's i mean a very simplistic way i can think of to describe that is like D in space there's other there's other games too yeah Ooh, there's other games too like say Shadowrun or games like that or like say um any of the any of the White Wolf games like Vampire the Masquerade being probably I think the most famous one I can think of like you're playing in kind of a real world analog or what have you with su- with strong supernatural elements all that to say like when it comes to anything roleplay is really what you make it and you can you there's a ton of games out there that suit almost any setting that you can think of. And if you, if there isn't anything out there, you can always adapt, 
a setting to whatever um, game system you want to use. There we go. I like that. That's a very good overarching explain. And you did throw in a bunch of different types of companies and things that are out there that are doing a variety of things because of yep. that's the point of competition. It drives the creativity as, as much as you said, yep. as far as the mind can <laughs> go. Now, earlier you mentioned about Dungeon Master, Game Master. What is their role when it comes to doing the campaign? Well, I think the primary role is what I was talking about before. Like they're basically in charge of they're in charge of playing the world, if you want to think of it that way. All the the players themselves are basically for the most part only in control of their own characters, their own player characters, and as they play about, but the dungeon master basically has to play everything and everyone else, um, which could range from like the big scary dragon that you need to go face down or like the barmaid who might be flirting with you or might just be uh, picking something out of her teeth. You're not sure. Or um, or even, you know, that uh, big rushing um, that big rushing uh, river that you need to get across um, without uh, falling in and getting swept away by the current like. Um, the dungeon master is in charge of, is literally playing the world. So it generally does fall to them to, um, to, if not create the entire world, then also, then at least to decide how the world is going to function in agreement with the players or come up with the story, come up with story beats on their own. When I say story beats, I'm not saying that there's a predefined story that everyone needs to play through and get through. I'm just, it's more that, um, it's more that there are generally speaking, like options that the players can explore or certain points that the players might reach at which point something else happens in the world. Basically, again, I sum, I'd sum that up as they are responsible for playing the world. Generally speaking, they're also considered to be the leader of any given playing group, so they might be in charge of proposing what to play or helping uh, schedule schedule games or what have you. But a lot of this, a lot of this does depend on group to group. But the main thing, the main thing that's still sticking with everything is that uh, the DMs are playing the world. There we go. Fair play. Great, great, good overview there for that one. We got lucky right now in, in doing this one. The um, the Lost Minds of Vandalin. Vandalver. Yeah. Man, Chris is going <laughs> to kill me whenever he hears that. It's like, oh, really? Really? We've been playing this for close to a year and you're still <laughs> missaying it? Gosh. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the he's been a great DM for Agreed. us. He's been awesome at it. And he's really did, like, he's a great actor too in general. I'm hoping eventually that I get to uh, see you in action, Kalavi, on, on running one for us. I didn't get to do the one shot that you did the other day. So maybe one day yeah, I'll eventually we'll catch one with you. Within the games, there are like, there's the classes and there's the archetypes. Can you just give me like something brief overview? Because uh, you can spend hours talking about the different classes and the different yeah, archetypes. Yeah, sure. Um, so first off, I'm just going to, another disclaimer, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and stick to uh, Dungeons and Dragons here. Like, um, there are, uh, there are other game systems, obviously, um, another, I mean, and probably like the big one that other people might know right now, Pathfinder, um, the, there's, there's a, there's a rich trove of things to find in there and it's lore and everything. And if you're interested in that game, I encourage you to go check that out too. Um, but, um, beings as beings as D and D is really our main axis and game that Kate and I play together. That's what I'm going to stick with for now. Um, but yeah, so the, so as far as like, what are the classes and everything, um, that's, so 
when you're choosing a class for a player character so the idea the idea in Dungeons and Dragons is the player character you're playing is basically an adventurer going out into the world and doing adventurer type things um as for why you're doing what you're doing or perhaps even exactly what you're personally doing that's up to you to decide um you talk with you talk with the dungeon master um and tell them what you think about this and then the two of you make it happen um but as far as as far as the classes that's kind of like you could think of it as kind of like your um job in combat for lack of a better word granted it doesn't always come into combat all the time but that's kind of the best that's kind of i think that's kind of the way it was built in the first place and so that vestige is still very much there so i mean you'll hear things like say fighter um which is kind of what it sounds like you're the big um you're the one who's responsible for going and dishing and dishing out all the damage um you might of course heard heard about like say a wizard who's mostly responsible for casting all the spells and um blasting everyone with fireballs um which might include your own party if you're not careful you might have heard about clerics like they are best known for being the ones to um, help keep your party healthy and um, up on their health, um, their hit points and stuff. But they can also um, they can also shoot and shoot a knight's um, guiding bolt at you if you're not careful um, and do a good amount of damage if they need to. Um, th- those are just a few examples. Like, did you want me to get get into like just like a one sentence overview of all the rest? No, you don't have to at all. I just wanted to kind of just have that brief little overview of saying, hey, look, this is kind of what you're doing when you're choosing a, a class. Okay. Yeah. And That's I mean, so yeah. Like, and like all of your options are like laid out there in the basic or in the, in the rule book and such, which I mean, the basic rules should be, well, officially available on D&D Beyond for everyone to view, like just the basic official rules. But uh, there are multiple other sources you can find these through, including, of course, the official D&D Player's Handbook. Um and such yeah thank thank you D D beyond for helping teach me how to do this kind of stuff because of i i have no idea for the longest of time and still learning every moment but i think that's a good thing is that's the part of life if you're not busy learning something what are you doing here yeah. you gotta be yeah. learning oh you gotta be now how long oh, no. can oh no, sorry. no 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 that's My fine that's fine i just realized you asked me about like archetypes or like um that kind of stuff too and i didn't get into that you're yeah. right i did yeah so Thank another you. just a quick thing to clear up like so archetype does mean something specific in the pathfinder system uh for anybody who's listening who's familiar with that um like i said i won't be getting into that it's not quite the same thing as what we're using it to mean here though so um what we would so generally speaking in um in uh, D, in D&D 5th edition we would also be calling them subclasses it's kind of like your what's the easiest way i can think of to describe it it's kind of like so if you have the class of like say a wizard it's uh, a subclass is kind of like well what type of wizard are you like um do you specialize in um do you specialize in like uh evocation spells which are like the big fireballs or like shooting beams of power and things or do you maybe specialize in illusion magic? Like, uh, do you make images um, uh, to distract your enemies or uh, bamboozle the people? B- bamboozle the people you're trying to uh, deal with, or maybe you do divination. Like, you like to take that peek into the future and use it to uh, help you and your allies uh, get the advantage. Basically, it's like it uh, it takes the basic idea of the class and it kind of expands it a little bit into something else that you might um, be able to customize further into um, into whatever character you're trying to uh, write for it. I'm glad to use the word. Bamboozle. It's a good word, that and we don't use it enough. <laughs> it's a great word. We don't. 
I, I had one last last podcast was flippity get uh, flippity gibbet flippity gibbet. I was like, I've never heard of this word. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, there's you know whenever you get to use words like that, like cattywampus. I like yeah. the word cattywampus. That's another one. It's, whenever you can get a new word, that's always just fun, interesting. Roll with it. Now, how flippity yeah, gibbet? Flippity gibbet. No, 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 sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you on that one. It's just like flippity that gibbet. that. That just always makes me think of like the sonic music, of course. Like, uh, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Like, <laughs> Katie did the same thing whenever whenever I came back and just in was talking about that, and she was just like, she jumped into sound and music as well. So. It's a clown. <laughs> there you go. All the little fun stuff out there, the little connections of words, and I've never been a big musical person, but Garrison has made me watch that thing growing up. Like. <laughs> probably 10 15 times and i'm it's probably his fault why i don't like musicals i'm gonna blame garrison so um, it's easier just to blame him gee it's your fault Always. So, this is why my wife doesn't Gosh, like darn it. you know what she's like oh that's listen let's watch this and i'm like mm, i'll pass i'll pass i did i will admit i did enjoy when they did sweeney todd that one i like sweeney todd there's a couple here and there mm. that i'll allow it to happen so go, going back, that's let's jump back with side yeah. changes. I love side changes. Those are fun. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they can sometimes lead down in another different directions. Now, campaigns. A minute ago, yeah, I used the word one shot and as well for a short campaign. Mm-hmm. How long can campaigns be? Um, well, they can. It's that's you don't you can't even really define that. I would say Um, they I mean, most campaigns are designed to last for for perhaps several sessions or what have you but that said everyone's ske- everyone does scheduling different some people out there like gosh darn it i don't know how on earth you do this like play almost every day with the same group we're on the same game that's intense yeah i can't i mean i'm just like who has time for that i mean i wouldn't mind doing that but that's also like i don't have time for that um in other groups other groups we have jobs yeah. And other things you want to do with your life, but in uh, <laughs> other groups, like I mean, I'm I'm in a group that has generally found that we can really only get together once a month, if that. So, um, funny enough, that group is playing the same game we are, uh, Lost Minds of Van Delver, um, and it's taken us since oh, cool. uh, it's taken us since maybe sometime in 2019 until just uh, until just a week or two ago to actually finish that game partially no spoilers nope you can't spoil it for me oh no 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 no. we're fine on that but i mean all that to say i've had i mean that group is playing that long like i've had it i have another group we are going through the game curse the module um curse of strahd probably one of the best known modules in uh dnd fifth edition if you like um vampire or gothic horror stories that's absolutely the one for you um but we started playing that about election night 2020 or so and we're only just about to finish it now we've been playing we've been playing roughly every week or so um once a week and all that and we're also getting ready to move into a different game after we're done with that so i mean it's like the campaign is done but the group is definitely not done playing We've had another game that was running for a similar amount of time. Um, we finished it sometime, like I'd say, middle of last year. It's an entirely homebrew game, and then we've started up another game, and we're right in the middle of that right now. Nice. So it's 
as we originally said, it's up to the mind's imagination of how far and how fast you can be able to move. And unfortunately, on this on the scheduling, real life has a lot to say. Also, um, scheduling. Ha- yeah, it does, especially when you have a lot of people involved. I don't think it's some um, an exaggeration to say that nine times out of ten, the reason a, a game or a campaign or a group has to come to an end is because of freaking scheduling. Yeah, we we've, we've been lucky that we typically get about maybe every two weeks that we get together or sometimes every week, once a week. But yeah, we went from Saturdays now moving to Fridays and we'll see how that holds up at long-term. One last question about some of like the details of the nitty gritty of the games before I want to hear your story and your background. Why in the world is it a 20 sided die? You know, I don't actually know that myself. I'd have to dive into the really early, um, the really early of um, editions of this in the eighties to probably get a good idea of this. But I mean, honestly, I don't even know that I could find anything there or there's anything much of substance. The only thing I can think of is that um, it does, it does offer a lot, a lot more gradation. Cause I mean, of course we're all familiar with a six headed die, like, you know, the stuff that comes in your monopoly box and everything like if I had to venture a guess, I'd say the main thing that the main thing that like a 20 sided die has over, um, a six-sided die when it comes to a game like this um, is if you're leaving something up to chance, like you might want to leave a lot more room for like gradation as far as like, okay, did this work or just barely, but just barely, or did you knock this out of the park with that nat 20 that you rolled? Or did you absolutely fall on your face with that natural one? Or did you just kind of like, uh, uh, did you just kind of like uh, chuck that? It, it, like, did you kind of um, shoot that arrow at that target and kind of just miss the target entirely, ever so slightly? Like, with like maybe just like I don't know, like a nine on the dice or something. It's basically just like um, you have a lot. I mean, you have there's a lot more. Um, there's there's a lot more levels in between extremes on a twenty sided die. So I mean, I get, if I had to hazard a guess, I think that I'd say that's probably why. They went with that. I'll allow it. Judge Mills Lane. <laughs> <laughs> that works. No, there are this uh, the second part of that question, because my brain just remembered it. There are what three or four or five different likes. There's the six-sided die, there's the four-sided die, there's the 20. Is like what are the different, like how many different sets are there whenever you get into the game? In theory, I think you can make any size die you almost any size die you would want to ever. But as far as what's commonly used, um, um, or at least what's used in the rule set of like D and D fifth edition, um, so yes, you named a few of them. Like so, like the 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 D twenty, of course. Um, uh, the D six exists. The D four exists, which might as well just be called Caltrops. Like it's literally just look looks like a pyramid. Um, and it's pointed up. And if you yeah. drop that on the floor, I hope your eyes find it before your foot does. Um, <laughs> um, true. Normally used. There's also there's also the the uh, D eight and eight sided die. Um, the D twelve, a twelve sided die. Um, there's also the D ten, which usually come in a pair. Like you roll them together if you want to do a percentile roll. Like their numbers are marked differently, and I'm not going to explain exactly how that works, but um. No, we don't have to, to yeah, go into that detail. You basically That's do that. I don't even understand 90% yeah. of that one. You basically do that if you want to. Like you basically do that to come up with both dig- both digits of a percent percentage or what have you. Um I've seen an actual D100, which is the other thing you would call percentage percentile die. Like I've what? seen an actual D100. Yeah. It's basically this big ball and I'm just like, "How? I mean, cool." 
But how on earth are you supposed to use that in any meaningful manner? Where do you determine what's the top? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's like you need to almost have it where it's lit, light, lighted, and it just lights up that one yeah. number at the top. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I've never seen it in person, so I mean, I'd love to. I'd I'd love to be able to tell you. I mean, I'd love to know that myself. But I'm I'm mostly just thinking. I, for me, that's kind of like in that whole like cool but impractical sort of thing. Yeah, every every there's always going to be that one little extra little step out there that's interesting, but at the same time, like wow, that that's another level. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's way another level. Now, and do, do you have a favorite set of dice? Everybody has like, oh yeah, I've got this metal one. I've got this one that's like neon green. Do you have do you have a favorite set of dice? Um, you know, I think the honest answer to that one is yes, but. If you know me at all, trying to pin down any one thing as my favorite anything is almost impossible. <laughs> um, I, mostly because I, I never feeling. want to admit to it feeling. and I never want to stay locked into it. Yeah, yeah. I just want to like lock, stay locked into <laughs> something, you know. But I mean, that said, I've got, I mean, I've got probably between us, we probably have at least like 20 sets of dives and everything. I did get this really cool set of rainbow dice um, at a local game store that we uh, hopped onto. Um, uh, um hopped into just recently it was new to us um we hadn't been there before and they had these really awesome rainbow dice so i was just like um hell yes i'm gonna go get that you're gonna have to show us to him next time whenever yeah. we're we're playing i look forward to kind of seeing yeah. this D the store is dungeons gate in ankeny iowa if you're ever in the area by the way you should go give them a look cool now more plugs here now gosh sponsorships here come on guys I need a little bit of money back. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a free ride, okay? Even though I I think I pay like $40, $50 a month to continue running this podcast, but hobbies are expensive. That's kind of part of it. Aren't they? But I love it. I love every bit of this. That's going to your story. We got a little bit of outline here. We laid down some basic ground rules in that sense. I want to hear about you, Kalavi, and your time role playing. How long have you been playing? Yeah, well, let me think about that one. So I've kind of had two entries into the hobby, actually. Once was back back in undergrad, actually, like when I was at um, when I was still in undergrad at the University of Idaho, Moscow, Idaho. Um, back in Moscow, there were I had some friends who definitely were into playing D and D. I think at the time that would have been, I think fourth edition was out. I think maybe, but they were almost certainly playing playing a 3.5 edition in any case um i did play a game or two or three with them i think at the time and um i don't remember much about it or like my particular character at the time or anything but i was like okay this is cool this is fun but this is there but of course i was in a different place in my life at the time and i was also just like well when it came to combat i was just like all right i'm just um sitting here waiting and i'm also need to keep some idea of what's going on at the same time and it's a lot to keep track of and uh and dear god like it's 2020 2021 year old call of you is just like not uh not very not super good at keeping his attention focused on on long-term activities like that um a whole bunch of like hurry up and wait type stuff so i fell away from it for a while and then and then and then i was gonna say once garrison once my husband garrison uh once he moved up um to des moines here um 
like I said, I think it was about 2019 or so. Um, like another group of his uh, his friends back from uh, UGA um, had uh, decided to get a game going and they um, asked him if he wanted to play with them. And he said, yeah, sure. And he told me about it. And I'm like, hey, I'm in on this. Like, I'll give it a shot. Um, and so basically in that time around, of course, we started with fifth edition and fun and uh, that those lost minds of Fandelver. And from there, uh, that's where that's been that that's where that started for me. So I think we've been in here almost. Um, wow. It feels like it's been forever, but it hasn't been that long. Actually, I've only been around like about four years or so. Wow. Hey, yeah. Time flies as we're getting older. It just kind of feels like it's speeding up a little bit more. Oh, and yeah. More. Oh, yeah. That's college is a good introduction on being able to kind of get in there and doing a bunch of different things i never played in college i had a bunch of friends that did but i i i didn't i never got into it there were some things that i guess hit there and some things that didn't and that one missed but as i'm clay i'm glad that chris and them have done it for over all the years and finally drug us into it and it's been a ball <laughs> It's definitely something different. I'm so confused every time, and I always forget what's going on at certain points. So I always lean over. My wife is playing in the campaign with us, and I'm like, Katie, what's <laughs> happening right now? What's the name of that thing? I can't remember that. And right now, my brother, Corey, and I, our characters are just like always trying to kill each other because me and Corey, my brother, are just fire and ice when it comes to to doing uh, character work and stuff. And it's, it's fun messing with him. It's just... That's his brother love right there. Oh, yeah. That's just the way that kind of goes. Back and forth. <laughs> As if you've never done it before, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Never, never, ever, never, ever has my brother punched me in the face and broke my glasses. Or never have I pushed Corey <laughs> over and like kicked him, in, you know, kicked him in the side or something like that while he's down. Never, <laughs> never, not at all. Oh, gosh, you got to love it. <laughs> so did you ever play Back in the day, under on PlayStation One, did you ever play Final Fantasy or any of those RPG games? Oh, of course I did. Of course, that's I did. again that still counts as RPGs. Yep, yep. <laughs> I mean, it's a different type. Of, it's a different type of role playing game altogether. But yes, of course, that's where I started. Actually, like, um, well, I would have known it at the time. Final Fantasy Two, like on Super Nintendo, but Final Fantasy Four, that was my first one, my first RPG, and it's uh, it still has a special place in my heart. It and all of its remakes, I should say. <laughs> yeah, there's they've done a good job of remaking them and bringing them back. It was very interesting. On that was one that slipped through Nintendo's hands. Of they made it, they had it, and it wasn't a good seller for them. And then Sony just sweeps right in and picks it up, and it carries on as one of the best selling franchises for them on PlayStation entirely. Yep, yep. Sorry, Nintendo gave up a good one. And yet, uh, and yet, they're they were more focused over the years too. There's just been also a lot of nostalgia for those older games and everything, and so they've been able to come back, bring those back, and um, still do really well with them and everything. I mean, like Final Fantasy VI is kind of is still oh, yeah. considered like I'd say it's one of one of the game's masterpieces and everything. The last uh, the last really big Super Nintendo game, and then of course Final Fantasy VII was the one that kind of like swept everyone over. Definitely the cult class that pops up. Corey played Chrono Cross, Chrono, was it oh, Chrono, yes. Cross, Chrono, Chrono Cross, Chronicles Cross, Chrono Cross. Yeah, Chrono and then he Cure. also played yeah. Legends of Dragoon. Yeah, that, those are the two that he played um, heavily and beat through. Yes. Yeah, Corey beat through that one, and that's the one of the only. I I played seven. I tried. I have no attention span for paying long term on games. It just doesn't happen for me. I do good playing like sports games where I know there's a beginning and there's an end. 
I can make that work. I was gonna say I've watched you. I've watched you play a long time on Super Punch Out. So <laughs> yes, that I can do. It's short term. Short term, it works. <laughs> I did that for your you guys' bachelor party. That was fun. I yeah. enjoyed playing that. Yeah. that. The little boxes where they made all the games combined it into one. That was smart. That was really good when they did that stuff. It really condensed things. Rather than having the giant console and having to go <laughs> into the game yeah. and shove it back in <laughs> the console and hoping that the cartridge actually worked. Or crap, the disc is scratched. No! <laughs> no, it, it definitely works. It definitely does. Do you, I know you play other games as well and, mm-hmm. and stuff like on, online as well with doing that. Do you prefer playing tabletop like in person kind of deal or do you prefer doing like online role playing games? Like which one do you prefer better? Um, let me see. So just to, just just to uh, clarify, when you're you're are you are you saying like are you are you basically like talking about like vi- like online video games versus online role playing or okay okay yeah um yeah exactly like would you rather play Final Fantasy those role playing games or would you rather play D and D? I'm gonna call that tabletop. Sure. Okay, cool, gotcha. Um, honestly, I am always down to play a tabletop game. Nearly always. Like I think I I think I enjoy that more because it's partially. Like it's it's partially a matter of like the fact that we're making the story up ourselves as we go, and it's also a fact of like that's just a thing that you get to do with other people really easily and everything. So I mean, if I had to make a choice, I would definitely go with um, I would definitely go with tabletop for sure. But um, that said, there's uh, that said, there's definitely a lot of there's a lot to be said um for you know playing solo with other games like you know it helps um helps me keep uh get my um my myself time as it goes too so i just try to carve out some time do you ever do like world of warcraft or you know what no actually i was never i never was and never have been like, like a really big mmorpg player like for some reason that just isn't my speed and i don't i don't quite understand it um in a way that I could explain it, but yeah, no, that looks like I've always been aware of. I've always been aware of. Wow, I've always been aware of like League of, League of Legends and stuff, but I've just never really been interested in playing it. That's fair. I I've s- have several friends that just got dive deep into it and lost them for like five years of, and then they come out from the basement with like this giant massive beard <laughs> and you're in weighing like two hundred pounds heavier, and you're like, where have you been? There's there's sunlight outside, <laughs> but uh, any game can suck you in and take you long term on that stuff. But World oh, of yeah. Warcraft sucked so many people in for a long time, and 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 that. But yeah, it is what it is. Now you said you've only played a couple of campaigns, right? Uh, a couple of over. Like I have a, a couple of like complete campaigns or so. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I've only basically finished two campaigns that i can think of and we're just about to finish a third gotcha whenever whenever you're playing a campaign do you have a favorite character or class that you like to be able to build your character around (laughs) oh i'm glad you asked um honestly if i'm getting back to my roots on things like i started fifth edition as a druid and i think druid is i mean i think a druid is always going to be my 
favorite one. Like then you know the nature magic thing, the um, shape shifting. Oh my god, the shape shifting is my favorite part. Um, uh, I I do really love playing. <laughs> I do really love playing Circle of the Moon, um, which is the one that has the really powerful shape shifting um, that you can actually use in combat and stuff. Like that was the um, that was the character I was playing in our one homebrew game that we finished. Um, and oh my god, we had so many fun times around that. Uh, um. Because <laughs> one time she, uh, one time my reaction to a situation while we were trying to get all get away was basically, uh, was basically to uh, wild shape or to turn into an elk and just run out the door, um, knock the door down in the, in the process. And of course, that only happened one time, but ever since that time, ever since that time, like my party managed to, my party kept, kept making jokes about me going panic elk. <laughs> panic elk i yep. love it i love it <laughs> like oh shit here we go <laughs> what was the one of um leroy jenkins oh, yeah. you know that, that whole thing with the minecraft we'll just panic elk panic elk ah run smash the door <laughs> <laughs> running out oh well that's funny i'll have to i'll have to try to remember that for our next uh campaign not camp but the next time we're in we're in session to yeah. be like oh you can't shapeshift into your panic panic elk. No, can't do it. It'll be a nice little inside joke that I'll know about. Yes. I don't know about the inside jokes that often. <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs> Yay. If you're brand new to the game, now you've been playing for a little while. You're looking back on your whole experience that you've been playing now for a little while. And you're talking to a, yourself from the very beginning of time to where you currently are, what are some things that you would tell somebody like that's like new coming into the game? Hey, you need to do this or, Hey, you need to look into that like advice that you would give someone who's starting to get into role-playing games. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm really wordy. That was really terrible. I could probably <laughs> shorten that down to what's some words of advice that you would give a new player. Man, I'm so terrible about Goodness that. Sakes. No, it's good. It's good. I got you now, but um, honestly, Honestly, this is going to sound a little bit unintuitive, I think, or counterintuitive maybe, but at least when it comes to the actual roleplay portion of things, like, do have an idea of, like, your character, their backstory, their personality, but especially on the question of personality, don't overplan things. I find I've had characters, too, characters where I've jumped in with very a vague idea of what they might be like or how they might act. And I've had characters where I have a fairly well-defined idea of like how they might uh, act in certain situations or what have you. Um, invariably, invariably with every character I've ever played, the, it, the image of how, of their personality that I have and the actual personality that comes out while playing end up being different, whether that's totally different or, just moderately it tends to vary but um all that but all that all that to say um it's like you don't need to necessarily come in with an entirely mapped out plan and stick absolutely to it in the beginning like you should have some idea of what you're gonna do but in a way like a character is a is a persona in your own mind and you're kind of just giving a voice a voice and um um well I guess you could say a very metaphysical type body too, or what have you. And they're gonna do what they're gonna do um for the most part. So it's just it's just be aware of that. Um, 
circumstances in the game might also change and that and might change how your your character develops or puts uh their actions into things and of course that's fine and, and that's natural like that's just that's just development and we love to see it i'd also say like while while i'm a little bit less of a numbers guy i would say it's at the same time it's like when you're thinking about ability scores and all that all those other fun things like do do pace you don't need to optimize your character to perform absolutely absolutely math mathematically the best in any situation by any means i mean unless you want to ben by all means um do that just don't uh don't go overboard and um annoy the people you're playing with but have at least some idea of what things work best where as far as your ability scores go because because it, i mean it may not be the main reason you're playing, or it may not be the main focus that of anyone playing in your game, but it can have an effect on how like the game plays for you. So do do the reading, do the research on that one, and do what makes sense um, for what you're trying to do with a character. Fair play. And the DM is going to be always smarter than you. So if you do something you're not supposed to do, they're going <laughs> to fix it and cut you right at, right at your knees pretty quickly. So... Good job, Chris, on keeping some of our people in check. Like, you really can't do that? Yeah, you know, I'm going to let it slide this time. But yeah. <laughs> so, I'll, you know, that that's that's like, I kind of love that when that kind of pops up there. Whenever there's like, pause, rule check. Yeah. <laughs> and you've done a good job of giving us a lot of good rule checks as well. Like, you you have done a phenomenal job at that. Because I'm, I'm sitting there going, I have no idea. And it's like, and Chris will go, Colby, maybe? No? What are your thoughts? So. Chris is again, Chris is a phenomenal GM. Like I, I have my first Absolutely. person getting that in. Yay. Now, is there anything like we're going to wrap up here on this? Cause we're hitting close to an hour and I mm-hmm. want to be respectful of your time in our listeners time. Cause they don't want to go on for two hours and just randomly rambling. It's fun, but you always gotta be respectful of the listener here. Are there any things that I haven't covered that you kind of want to bring up or mention when it comes to dungeon and dragons or um... role playing in general? There's a couple things I can think of. One is one is kind of a word of warning slash an axiom just to think of while you're playing. And another one is just a general sort of thing. Like I'll start with that. I'll start with the the axiom here. And you'll you'll hear it a lot. It. So <laughs> no DD is better than bad DD. It's if you find yourself in a game that you're uncomfortable with, um, or a, with a group um that you're that you're not comfortable in, if you've talked to them to try to resolve issues and Things are just not getting better. If you're not having a good time, if you're not having fun, or if you're actively being, God forbid, you're actively being made to feel unsafe or what have you, do not be afraid to just to bow out and walk away. Um, you gotta do what uh, you gotta look out for yourself while while you're doing things. Like you're doing, role playing can be a very vulnerable activity. Depending on how you yes. do it, it, it yes, very it it very easy. Yeah, it can be that very easily and. If you feel that you're getting put into a position where you're going to get hurt and the people around you aren't listening to you when you try to when you try to negotiate to um stake your stake your own space out and everything, then by all means, please for for your own sake, if for no other reason, like step away. That's exactly what it says. No bad no D D is better than bad D D. Good words of advice. That's just good, good life advice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In general, for sure, for sure, absolutely. 
Um, the only other thing I can think of too is like uh, that said, when it comes to when it comes to having fun with uh, with um, tabletop games and everything, just let loose. Be mind. I mean, be mindful of other people of other people's boundaries around you and what you've all agreed to um, as far as uh, what you will play with at a table. But other than that, let loose, have fun, do all of the things you normally wouldn't do in your normal life, because this isn't your normal life. Just get out there and get out there and play and have all the fun you want to have in your make-believe world with your friends. Nice. Well said. Now I feel like that kind of skips over one of my next questions that I always ask towards the end of what's some life advice you like to give? Cause that that's like solid life advice <laughs> as well. So, so it kind of hits two nails at once. Like da-da, da-da. this kind of knocks it out there. Two birds with one stone, that kind of range outside of the realm of D and D. Is there anything that you would like to say to the audience open forum just in general right now? It could be anything. It could be life advice. It could be, hey, you know, I'm really into this right now. Hey, look, support so-and-so in uh, their ne- next endeavor. Hey, I'm about to do this. Look me up on such and such.com. I don't know. Just little things like that. <laughs> sure. Um, well, funny enough, you caught me off guard on that one. <laughs> um, I know. I, I do that with a lot of people. And it's sometimes it's fun to see how they put it on the spot. Sure, what happens. sure, sure, sure. Well, I'm going to spare you all my rant about using um, imperial volume measurements instead of metric mass measurements and baking. I'll spare you all my rant on that one. So um, I guess get a kitchen <laughs> scale, uh, get a kitchen scale, get out there and do something kind for someone else. Um, get out there and um, and do one kind thing for yourself before you go to bed tonight. Oh, oh, and um, nice. support Cade. Listen to Cade. Cade is awesome. You should definitely keep him in your ears. Oh, look at you. <laughs> uh, the invoice, uh, invoice me. I'll, I will send you a check in the mail for that one uh, not too long from now. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Darn. There goes another five bucks down the drain. <laughs> Thank you for those kind words. I deeply appreciate that. And we're not too long from now in a couple of weeks, I'll have you back on for another episode that I'm excited to, to get to talk to you on of a different topic, yeah. just to kind of as a teaser, call coming back. We're going to have him for a part two of not Dungeons and Dragons role playing or anything, but different type of topic. The what? <laughs> the what? <laughs> but uh, thank you, call I, I deeply appreciate you coming on and spending your time this afternoon. I know it's in the, like it's on a Tuesday. We're sitting here recording and you're getting off of work and coming in. I came home from work and doing that. And that's just the most precious gift you can give somebody is your time because it's limited. So agreed. Thank you. Agreed. Absolutely. Anytime. Now, as we leave out here, if you have any questions or comments, leave your comments uh, to be PG and kind and courteous. Because again, we're just amateurs talking about this stuff here. And when it comes to it, so don't don't critique us 100% on saying, oh, well, you didn't say this or that. We're amateurs. We're just having fun. We're having a conversation. We're learning from friends. But if you'd like to reach out to me through email, my email is Cade, which is spelled C-A-D-E at learningfromfriends.com. There's also a link here at the bottom of the description for you if you want to do it that way. I'm on Facebook. I have a Twitter page. I don't post that often other than, hey, look, here's the link to this week's episode. And maybe a little thing here and there just because of I teach, I'm all over the place. And I'm a, a man of many things, the, the master of none, but the curiosity of many. There we go. I always throw that one off there. And also, if you'd like to donate, I have a Patreon page. I would love 
to have any bits of donation that's come back into it, even if it's a dollar or it's a thousand dollars, or if you're feeling very generous, I'll take millions. You know, like I'm just saying, I'll take it all, whatever you're willing to offer. So as we're wrapping up here, my name is Kay Curtis, your tour guide on this lovely adventure I like to call learning from friends. And most of all, don't forget to let your curiosity fly high. Thank you.